You are tuned in to Awaken Radio with Connie Chapman. To listen to more episodes, go to ConnieChapman.com or subscribe on iTunes. Hello everyone, this is Connie and welcome to today's episode of Awaken Radio. It is so wonderful to be here with you and I am really excited about the conversation that I'm bringing to you today because we're going to be opening up a dialogue around really coming into connection with our spirit, really embodying our spirit energy and letting that be expressed through us and letting that guide our life and how to connect with our higher guidance, with our spirit guides and our angels so that we can be receiving support through our challenges, through our life and so that we can really live in connection with our truth rather than getting really caught up in our our ego and our personality which can create a lot of struggle in our lives. And the guest that I have on today is Savon Champel, and I am so thrilled to be chatting to him. I was just telling him before that I, you know, around five years ago when I was going through a very challenging period in my life, I used to watch him on YouTube. He has an incredible um, a resource of, of YouTube clips on there, and I used to just sit in bed at night and just watch him on repeat, and I found his guidance so supportive for me and so you guys are going to love this conversation today and I'm so thrilled to be introducing him to all of you. So for those of you who don't know him, he is a psychic medium and energy healer. He started working with angels after going through a deep depression which led to an attempt to commit suicide. Savon was saved by spirit and the angels and went through a life-changing spiritual awakening that opened him up to be able to communicate to the angels and the spirits who had crossed over and other higher beings of light. Savon has been trained as an angel therapist practitioner by Doreen Virtue, is a Reiki master and trained in various other healing modalities like angelic Reiki and crystal therapy, along with training in advanced mediumship. Savon works with people from all around the world to help them connect with their angels, guides and loved ones who have crossed over to the other side to assist in bringing healing messages and energies from spirit. So Savon, thank you so much for making the time to be here today. Thank you so much, Connie. I am so excited to talk with you today and to share my story with all of your listeners about the angels and how spirit has helped me in hopes that it'll help them and inspire them. Mm. And that's, you know, that's what I've always loved about everything I've watched of yours. You talk so deeply from personal experience. You know, you're not someone sitting on some pedestal preaching. You really share very honestly about your own work that you do, the challenges you encounter, and then how you integrate your spirit and, and your support from the angels to to help you. So maybe we can begin with a little bit more about your personal journey, really going back to that time where uh, whatever it was that led you to this really deep depression and then how you were able to find this connection with spirit again and, and now be uh, guided onto a path of teaching this to others. If you could share a bit more about that, that would be amazing. Sure. Um, about, let me see, I'm 38 years old now. So when I was around 21, 22 I was going through a really deep depression. Um, I had ended a relationship that did not go well, and I was also in my last semester of college. 
I think you guys call it university, mm-hmm. perhaps. Um, and I just didn't feel like I had anyone, uh, was, didn't make any friends. I had just moved to a new state. Um, emotionally, I just felt empty. And I went through a period of time where I was trying to do everything that I could to keep myself from feeling the pain. You know, a lot of times we go through painful situations and we're depressed and we're not aware of it, but we're looking and reaching for things outside of ourselves. You know, maybe we're drinking or partying. You know, I was really young, so I partied a lot back in those days. Um, Or we might use a relationship to distract ourselves or shopping. You know, I was just reaching and trying to find things to satiate that pain. And nothing was helping, Connie. And I got to a point to where I just couldn't deal with my own um, my own emptiness, I guess, my sense of disconnection. And I remember one particular afternoon at home, um, I hadn't eaten yet. And I remember sitting in my room and I was just sitting there and my stomach started to growl. And this is a this actually happened. My stomach started to growl, which usually happens when you're hungry, right? You get the, the stomach cramps and your stomach starts to starts growling. And right in that moment when I felt the stomach cramps, it gave me a sense of relief. And now I know why. Back then I didn't know why. It gave me a sense of relief because in that moment it made me feel like I was alive again, like I was living again because I had felt dead and I felt um, I wasn't alive. I didn't feel like I existed. I didn't feel anything. I was just numb. And having the stomach cramp and the stomach, my stomach growling from not eating made me feel alive in that moment. So in a weird way, I started to just literally eat like a bare minimum of food for a little over a week. You know, I would drink water. And when I ate, I just ate a minimal amount of food because I didn't want to fill up because I didn't want that sensation to go away because that became like my lifeline. And what ended up happening was um, my body started to break down and I started to get sick and I got a really bad throat infection. Um, My hair started to fall out and I was just a mess and... I remember getting to a point where I just thought, you know what, nothing's helping me, not even what I thought was going to help me uh, the, in terms of the stomach cramps. I need, to, I need to, to figure something out. And in my mind, I just kept thinking the only way out was to kill myself. The only way to really like, not feel anything anymore and to just get rid of my suffering was to just to kill myself. And I remember saying a prayer to God and I was crying because I kept thinking about it over and over again. And part of me was like, why am I thinking this? And another part of me was like, this is the only way. This is the only way. And I just said a prayer and I literally said to God, like, if you are real, if you're really out there, then you need to show up now. You need to tell me, you need to give me a sign, something that I can see and feel and know because if not, then I'm going to take my life because why am I going through this pain? Why exist in pain if there's no God? If there's no God, then it doesn't matter. Nothing matters. That's what I was thinking. And I just remember um, yelling and screaming and cursing at God and 
um, because I was so hurt and I had felt I I felt abandoned, and I felt like you know I'm a good person. I pray. Why aren't you helping me? What the what the hell's going on? And maybe a few minutes into that, I was crying. I felt this presence in my room. I felt the energy shift. And prior to that, I never experienced energy before. I never experienced anything spiritual. And I just remember feeling something in the room enough to where it caught my attention and stopped me from crying for a moment. And I started to ask out loud, like, who's in here with me? Who else is in here with me? And I kept hearing the same name and the same word over and over in my mind as if something had taken over my thoughts and was making me think that word. And the word was Jesus. I kept hearing the word Jesus, Jesus, like over and over again, really intensely and really strongly. And I looked over to the door. I remember seeing this etheric image walk over to me, stand in front of me, and I could feel something pressing into my heart. And I just started feeling all my pain and all the negativity and heaviness being pulled out of me. And shortly after that, Connie, I fell asleep. I passed out from all the energy. And what woke me up was I heard bells ringing. And after I heard the bells ringing, I looked up and I saw an angel. I saw my first angel come down from the ceiling and I saw its wings spread and open up. And then I saw another image come down from the ceiling standing next to it. And in that moment, I knew that that was my mother. My mother had passed when I was 14. So I knew that was her spirit. I just felt it. And after that, I remember crying and just saying, you know, calling out to my mother and saying, mommy, I need you. I'm sick. I don't know what's going on with me. And that was my first encounter with spirit, with the angels. And I remember um, my mother telling me that everything was going to be okay and to lay on my side and to not worry about anything. And when I did that, I could feel electricity going up my spine, all the way through my back, up to my crown, into my throat where the infection was, and all through my body. And then I passed out. And I woke up the next day, I remember going to the restroom, looking in the mirror, and the infection in my throat was completely healed. It was gone. I remember opening up the door, and everything was so much more vivid than I had remembered it. Remembered it the day before. The, the colors in the sky was brighter. The grass was greener. And I could feel, I could feel, I could feel the trees. I could feel the air, the energy, and there were all these birds that were around that had never been there before, all these ravens. Um, and the raven is one of my animal totems. And so that started my awakening. That was my awakening. And after that, I could feel things. I could sense things. I always saw the angels. They were always talking to me about what I was eventually going to do with my life. And um, I learned then that there was so much more to life than what I had been taught. Um, I grew up in the church. I grew up very religious. So I didn't really believe in anything metaphysical or communicating with, with angels directly or spirits. But after that, I knew that, that God was much more bigger than what I had realized, that, that God was love and consciousness and that angels were real and that our loved ones were really still with us and really still alive just not in a physical body, but they were there. And um, that 
kind of set the intention for the work that I do now, which is reminding people that they're loved, that no matter who they are, no matter what's going on in their life, that they are loved more than they could comprehend, that they're not alone. I think no matter where you come from in life, how much money you have, what you do for a living, everyone struggles from time to time with that sense of feeling alone and wanting to be loved and seen and accepted for who they are. And, you know, working with spirit and the angels and and being a medium, I love being able to do that because it helps people to not feel alone anymore. When they don't feel alone, then they release that resistance to the love that's available to them. And when they do that, then they become more empowered. And when they become more empowered, their sense of alignment with spirit, with their soul is increased, you know, and and they start to manifest a lot more easier. Their sense of well-being, their sense of self is increased. Their intuition is increased. Um, So everything that I do, although I do angel readings and although I'm a psychic medium, at the core of what I do, it's really about self-empowerment. It's about aligning with your soul and understanding that you have these divine helpers, you have spirit, you have your loved ones there to help guide you and be there for you when you need that support to bring in the healing that you need. You know, you often hear this with people that they reach that breaking point, that moment where they're on their knees, where they're in surrender, where they're completely almost having to give up because they just don't know uh, how to break out of the suffering or the pain or the struggle they're experiencing. And you know, I, I can really resonate, and I'm sure a lot of people would, with what you touched on at the start, that there is often an, an emptiness or s- this feeling within that um, we're constantly trying to either numb out or fill up or avoid or, you know, through partying, through drugs, through workaholism, through relationships. And and it sounds like from what you've shared, the, the only way to truly ease that inner uh, emptiness or pain is through the reconnection with with who we really are you know because I think some pe- sometimes people are on this treadmill and they don't they could they're almost kind of just managing it like it's okay to just be working really hard and hustling and and trying to get love through your relationships and and trying to get love through your physical body and avoiding all of that um, so where do, where does someone begin if maybe they don't want to reach the point where they're having to have this complete breakdown, but they know that the way that they're living just isn't working and isn't sustainable? Well, that's a great question. Um, I learned this a long time ago for myself, and I try to remember it, is a lot of us don't know what we don't know, Mm -hmm. right? And even though, you know, we're on our spiritual journey, we have our spiritual practice, and we've learned a lot there's still things swimming around in our hearts and in our minds that we may not be um, aware of and we may have created conditions in our lives that keep that from being fully exposed. And um, so which is why it's important for me to have a spiritual practice but also why I have other um, life coaches, mentors, people that I go to to help me kind of look at things from a different perspective to see things about myself that maybe I may not be able to see on my own. Um, A lot of mediums and psychics will say they can't read themselves and it's so true. So I actually go to other people that I trust who are going to tell me the truth even though it may be confronting something that might be painful for me. Um, So when I work with people and I'm supporting them, I 
I always work directly with spirit, right? I work with spirit. I work with the angels. And I just ask spirit to help me to see what needs to be seen in order to touch the person's soul and to bring them back into alignment. And so the readings that I do are not typical psychic fortune-telling readings. Even though I'm working with the angels, I call them soul readings because I'm working at the level of the soul and I'm looking at what in the soul is out of alignment. Um, how is that person out of alignment with their soul? What's caused that? What are the limiting beliefs behind that? And what are their next steps? What can they do in the now to bring that back into alignment? Because I believe in instantaneous healing. Um, I believe that it's simple. It's simply about a shift in your awareness and then making choices that can support that new awareness to help you stay in that space of alignment. So when I do my readings, you know, I always know how to approach different things because sometimes I'm bringing up things that could be very touchy, very sensitive. Um, I've had clients over the years that have dealt with child abuse and they've kept it a secret. But, you know, when we step into that, that sacred space and we say, I say a prayer and spirit comes in with the angels and their loved ones and I'm able intuitively to, to pick up on that, there's a certain way that I handle those types of situations and there's a certain language that I use um, where I like to say I'm compassionately helping them to confront issues that they've had that they're wanting to deal with and see. Um, so how I support the person is I help them to confront what they're not aware of in a very loving and compassionate way. I don't sugarcoat things um, when I do a reading because I don't think that it really serves them, but I do it in a very compassionate way. And I always let them know that it's really about choice making. It's not about judging, right? We all have made choices where maybe they weren't the best choices. Maybe we chose a partner because we just didn't want to be alone and we knew that that person was not going to honor us and value us, but we chose them anyway. We don't have to judge ourselves because we did that. We can try to understand what drove that choice making so we can make a new choice. So it actually becomes a blessing in disguise and that's how I like to work. And so this journey that you're, you're going on with people and, and what you're talking about, it's like this unraveling and peeling back of all of the, the blocks that are standing between us and our, our souls. So it's this understanding that our, our true, true essence and that loving presence that you've spoken about and our soul essence is there. It is already within us, but we've got all these things sitting on top of it, certain belief systems or patterns or fears that are disconnecting us from that space and then pulling us outwards to go and you know try to pursue that through a relationship or pursue that through uh, some external form um, what have you kind of uh, what do you see in people to be you know the main belief systems and fears that are blocking us from really connecting with our spirit I'm not lovable I'm not good enough I'm I'm not lovable. I'm not good enough. Another one that I see a lot and one that I've had to heal myself is I lose love. Love doesn't stay around. When I open myself up to love, it always leaves me. Wow. Okay. It yeah. doesn't stay. 
Um, you know, those are, those are a lot of core limiting beliefs and fears that a lot of us struggle with. A lot of us have issues with abandonment, you know, and abandonment, whether it's a mother or a father that maybe didn't respond in the way that we wanted them to or weren't emotionally available, can leave us feeling like we're not liked, like we're not loved, like something's wrong with us, like we've opened up and we're vulnerable but the person didn't open up back to us. And so it conditions start to be created at, at infancy that play out as we get older. Maybe we become a person who um, doesn't trust and we build a wall up and we don't let people get close, but we overgive and we don't have boundaries, but we don't allow people to give back to us. I mean, there's so many ways that this could play out, but those are some of the core beliefs that I feel um, affect a lot of us unknowingly. You know, I've had readings where spirit has brought in, you know, there's, spirit would bring in through the angels um, an issue with a father figure. And the client would say to me, you know, I have a great relationship with my father. There's nothing wrong. Me and my father get along. And I would go, okay, let me just double check because I'm willing to be wrong. No, nope, you know, I'm n- no intuitive is 100% accurate. So let me just double check. And I kept getting father over and over again. And then the interesting thing was a mother figure came in from spirit who validated who she was. I believe it was the grandmother. And she gave a lot of validation. And then she kept saying father. And I said, you know, they keep wanting me to go back to father. So then um, I said, spirit, in my mind, I said, spirit, show me what, what aspect, how does this affect her? And I kept getting abandonment and I'm very visual so I kept seeing this client in the room by herself with no one else there with the Father's Day card in her hand and I said this represents abandonment in the sense of being alone and I said they also keep showing me this number as as if I'm supposed to go back to that age and when I said that to her she said you know my dad traveled a lot when I was younger he was in the military and that age is when we moved from this state to this other state here and so that makes perfect sense and I said so it doesn't necessarily mean that your father did anything wrong or that you have a terrible relationship and he doesn't love you it simply means that there's like this energetic fingerprint that's kind of there on your heart that represents a certain experience that perhaps you didn't have the awareness to be able to deal with and understand and so in that moment It's like it created this little slash across your heart and it's still there and it's been playing out in a lot of different ways and spirit is wanting to bring that up so we can heal that and reconcile that because, and for this particular client, it was affecting their relationships because it was showing up in their relationships and they kept attracting a partner that did not value them, but also a partner that was not emotionally available and if, if they could see the connection between that issue and their pattern of partnership. So this work is so powerful because once you're able to see it, it changes everything. And, and to me, um, when you bring awareness to something that's dysfunctional or something that perhaps represents fear and you bring awareness to it or you shine the light to it, that's when the healing happens. That's when the miracle happens. And you see the difference in them right away. You see the difference in them right away. This relationship with our parents is, is so fundamental in how it shapes 
who we are. And you're exactly right because I work with people too who, are, who have great relationships with their parents and it could have been something so tiny that happened when they were little whereas, you know, whether it was mum was too busy or dad had to stay back late at work often and we internalise that and, and make meanings and you're right, that, that starts to shape our map of the world and how we feel about ourselves. I watched an incredible video that you did around loving yourself and you spoke in there about how to almost be like the mother and father to yourself that you that you never had. Because I think sometimes people look at childhood things and, you know, they can go to coaches or, or um, you know, healers like yourself. But sometimes they go, I know my relationship with my parents is really impacting my life, but I'm not really sure how to heal it. Can you um, share with me kind of what you shared on that video about how we can almost heal that relationship by being that mother and father for ourselves? Yes. So there's a lot of different tools that I've learned over the years. I will say, let me try to think of one that I feel like would be really effective for the listeners. Okay. So there's a video that I did, and I think I talked a lot about your wounds and how to um, heal your wounds and getting through your own like dysfunction and, and, and things like that. And one of the ways is a forgiveness list. And the way that the forgiveness list works for me is I'll literally write down like mother on the top of the paper. And I literally write down the next thing after that, I write down what did she do? And it doesn't matter if she did it or not. I allow my inner child to have a voice. Because a big part of the healing that needs to happen is the inner child, that part of us, needs to be seen and heard, which is where a lot of the, the emotional pain and things are coming from because it's, it's like it's trying to get our attention because it needs that nurturing and support from that mother and father aspect of us. You know, now that we're adults... We may not be able to go back and get our parents to give us what what they wouldn't have they couldn't give us back then, but now we have an opportunity to be the mother and the father to ourselves. So I, I once I write that down, I take a deep breath and I just go inside of myself and I just hold the intention to allow the little child inside of me an opportunity to speak and say whatever it is that he feels from his perspective he didn't get. And I write that down. So I may write things down like, um, my mother never listened to me, or my mother never made eye contact with me, or my mother wasn't present with me, or my mother always chose men over me, which is a fact. I feel, you know, from something that I wrote down, my mother always felt, always felt like my mother chose men over me. And I write down everything on that list until it's all out there. My mother didn't spend enough time with me. Um, my mother didn't acknowledge my successes. You know, when I was a kid, I used to get all these awards and I used to, um, I'm a perfectionist. And a lot of that stems from me wanting to get love from my mother and from my grandmother who raised me. So I figured the way to get their attention is if I can be perfect, if I can get all these awards and win all these things, then they'll love me. So, but I didn't get the attention that I wanted. So I wrote that down on the list. And once I wrote down all these things that I felt like my inner child wanted to say, then the next thing I did was I made another column. And then the next column I wrote down, what did that make me think about myself? 
and I went through every single thing on the list, and then I started to be honest with myself. What did that make me think about myself? It made me feel like I wasn't worthy, like I wasn't lovable. It made me feel like I wasn't pretty, like I wasn't beautiful. It made me feel like I didn't matter. It made me feel like I wasn't valuable. It made me feel like I wasn't needed or wanted. It made me feel, you know, all these things. I just let that part of me speak. And I actually, as I started writing that list, I started to cry because it started, it started to give um, an open channel to some, some stored up emotions that had been there for years that had been unexpressed. And I wrote all that down. And so now I have the list of what do I feel like my, my mother did. It could, you could start with your father or your mother. How did that make me, what did that make me feel and think about myself? And then once I was willing to acknowledge that, the rest was easy. The next column I wrote down was, as a result of what I thought and felt about myself, how did that show up in my personality? And I was honest, you know, um, I wrote down, I became a person that always needed to be in control. I became a perfectionist. I became a person who... Um, you know, always knew the right things to say, always said the right things because I didn't want to be rejected. I became a person that was always giving but never receiving, didn't have strong boundaries. I was afraid to have boundaries with people that I was close to because I didn't want them to reject me. Um, I just, I allowed myself to be completely honest with no judgment and I wrote down all of that. And then once I wrote down um, how it showed up in my personality, the next column which is really powerful, was how did it show up in my relationships? Mm -hmm. yep. and, and what this does, Connie, is it allows you to really look at yourself through a fine lens in a compassionate, loving way, but you start to break apart the pieces in a pattern. You, can, you notice the pattern in the puzzle. And so I wrote down, how did this show up in my relationships? And this, some of these things I wrote down made me laugh. Like I, I immediately I wrote down, I attracted people, you know, partners that were unavailable. I attracted partners that cheated on me. I attracted friends that used me, that didn't value my friendship. I attracted friends that only wanted what, you know, that were selfish. Um, and I just kept going and going and going until I was able to to really own everything. This is like a process of owning your choices and owning everything that happened to you, right? Because we're, once we're ready to take responsibility, then we can make the changes. And so I wrote down everything that I could that wanted to come out about how it showed up in my relationships. And literally, I channeled this. The angels helped me with this. I never learned this from anyone. The angels helped me with this. And then I looked at the list, and then I thought, okay, what am I supposed to do next? What am I supposed to do now? Now I know what my mother did. I know how it made me feel about myself. I know how it showed up in my personality and my relationships. Now what? And I heard spirits say, now you forgive. Now you forgive. You can't forgive what you're not aware of that you're holding on to. So then I wrote down forgiveness. And then I went back to the beginning and I wrote, I forgive my mother for all these things. And I forgave her. No, I'm sorry. Let me back up. You have to forgive yourself first before you can forgive anyone else. So mm -hmm. I went backwards through the list. So what I did was, is I said, I forgive myself for choosing these partners and these relationships and these friendships. 
because now I could understand why I did it and I could have compassion for myself. So when you have compassion, you have understanding. It means you understand the person's choice. You may not agree with it, but if you can understand it and see their humanity, it allows you to have compassion and still love them unconditionally. And so I said, Savon, I forgive you for choosing a partner that would cheat on you. I forgive you for choosing people that did not value you. I forgive you. And I just kept going down the list and I could feel my heart opening and a lot of energy was just being released. I forgave myself. And once I forgave myself for all of that, then after that, I went back and I forgave myself for all the, the things that showed up in my personality and all the things that I thought about myself. You know, I forgive you for thinking that you weren't lovable. I forgive you for thinking that you weren't valuable, that you were stupid, that you were immature, that you were needy. I forgive you for being promiscuous. I forgive you for drinking. I forgive you for abusing your body. I forgive you for allowing other people to abuse you. And I let all of that come out. And then the last thing, once I forgave myself for all of that, then it was easy for me to forgive my mother. I forgave her for all those things that I felt like she did because then I could see my own humanity and I could see how my choices were affected by my wounds, by my limiting beliefs. So then I knew that what went on with my mother, because my mother was an alcoholic, um, had nothing to do with her loving me. Like it just, it, it just uh, came to me in that moment. I thought, my mother loved me. And none of this represents how she felt about me. This just represents what her wounds were and what was driving her choice making. Why she couldn't be present for me because she couldn't be present for herself. And why the, the level of intimacy um, was diminished and it wasn't there. And it's because she didn't have an intimate relationship with herself and her own source. And once I could see that, I started to understand my mother more. And I realized the gift in that experience was, was helping me to love myself, helping me to learn how to love myself. But it also taught me, Connie the true meaning of compassion, the true meaning of compassion, because again, there's so much going on in the world right now, right? And things happen in our lives. People do things to us. Things are done to us. Things happen in the news. And it's so easy to judge and point the finger. It's so easy to judge and point the finger. But part of my spiritual practice is to do my best to embody compassion and in order for me to practice what I preach, I have to be able to understand the person's humanity and understand, you know, what made them, what drove them to make that choice. Because I don't think people wake up one day and say, I want to abuse someone else. I want to murder someone else. I want to steal. I want to rob. I want to fight and cause harm. There's something going on inside of them that's hurting that's driving that choice. And so, you know, it doesn't mean that I'm turning a blind eye to things that are done. It just means that I'm able to hold a space of compassion for that individual or for the circumstance. So it allows me to keep my heart open. It allows me to maintain my sense of alignment, my connection with my soul. And it allows me to be unconditionally loving to people. And then in terms of my work, it takes my work to a whole new level. I mean, I can't tell you, over the years, I've had a lot of clients 
that have cheated on their spouses and they came to me because they wanted a reading. Um, I've had clients that have done things that other people would judge them for. They would think they were horrible people, but they're coming to me for spiritual guidance. And who am I to sit in judgment of them? You know, who am I to sit in judgment of someone that simply wants love and they're married but they met someone else and they want to know is the person that they met their soulmate? Why are they drawn to this other person when they're married? I cannot sit on the phone and judge them, you know, because I'm not doing my job. My job is to hold a space of compassion, but to bring through the highest truth and to help them connect to their soul. And so it doesn't mean that I don't judge people because I'm still human, but it means that I'm able to the best of my ability to see the humanity in the person and to understand their choices. And so that's what I try to pass on in my work through my soul readings. And that's how I healed myself. I could not figure out my dysfunction. I couldn't figure out my patterns. And I had to understand how this entire puzzle called Savon Champel was created. And in order to do that, it meant that I had to go back and confront something that was really painful. And I'm going to admit this. I had to go back and I had to re-experience what it felt like to be rejected by my mother. And I had to admit that to myself. You know, I had to admit, yes, your mother married another man and they moved. And she chose that marriage over you. I had to accept it. And accepting it meant that I had to feel the sting of that. But Connie, I, I promise you, when I felt, when I allowed myself to really feel the sting, it lifted right away. It was, it was just maybe moments after that. Once I accepted it, in my heart, it hurt to admit that to myself. But something else happened where the energy moved through me, you know, and they say we have to feel to heal. And I, and I know that you have to feel to heal because I know that it worked for me. And my heart, I just felt stronger in that moment because I could look at it and I could say, yeah, my mother did marry someone else and she moved and I wasn't with her and she chose that over me and that's okay. Mm -hmm. I can say that it's okay now without feeling hurt behind it. So that really helped me. It helped me and I use that tool for everything. You can use it for your mother, for your father. You can use it for a spouse. If someone that you had a past relationship with you feel like hurt you, um, you can use it in, with any relationship that you feel like you want to heal because it's always going to take you back to the original wounding and it's going to show you how that wound or how that energy shows up in your life. So I love that tool. I love that as well. And the thing that's really coming through for me and what you're sharing is the power and importance of love, like how healing love is as an energy, whether it's towards ourselves or towards others. And that open-heartedness that you touched on as well, because when we are, are, are hurt and are carrying pain, whether it's from childhood or relationship, things that have happened, we're closing our heart, we're putting barriers up around our heart. And I think sometimes people are, don't want to open their heart and forgive people that have hurt them or forgive their parents. And we stay in this space of resentment or um, we, we're carrying the wound and we're projecting that onto future relationships. And so I love what you said, which is, first of all, really opening our heart to ourselves, really having compassion for ourselves and loving and healing the darkness within us and those things about us that 
that are dysfunctional or that, that aren't working or that are coming from a place of hurt. And then that beautiful compassion that you're sharing, you know, for me with every person who has come into my life in relationship, whether that relationship has ended in a positive or negative way, it's so important for me to still have an open heart and an energy of love towards that person. And I think that process that you've just guided us through um, will and you know you want to be walking around with an open heart right and and I think you're very big on this too about boundaries so so having an open heart doesn't mean you just let everyone in and out can we just touch on that quickly for people who you know are givers and a lot of us are are those over givers and didn't learn how to receive sometimes our boundaries are a little bit messed up so how do we kind of maintain that open heart energy and that love while also being super respectful of our worth and our value and what we want to allow in to our life. Absolutely. Um, I believe that there's a way to support without rescuing. Mm. And a lot of times, I think most of us that are natural givers, that are natural empaths, um, that want to make a difference, and we have these big hearts, we want to love, we want people to know that we're lovable. We want people to know that we want to be there for them. And I think as a programmed response, um, we tend to match them when things are going wrong. And I'll, I'll give you a perfect example. Um, I had to catch myself doing this. But let's say a friend gives me bad news about something they're experiencing, something that they're going through. And I'm clear, I'm feeling great, I'm in, a, you know, in my heart, I am in a space of alignment. And all of a sudden, they're giving me bad news. And what do I do as a program response? Oh, oh my God, that's terrible. You know, because in my mind, I'm thinking I need to say these things, but I'm also thinking I need to match the vibration that they're in mm -hmm. so they will know that I care, so they will know that I'm here for them. That's what my ego is telling me. That's what the part, that's the part of me that says, Savon, if you want this person to like you and to stay loving you, then you have to show them that you're hurting too. Mm -hmm. Because if you're hurting while they're hurting, then it means that you love them. And I had to switch that. I realized that what I was doing was rescuing the other person and getting pulled into their misalignment. And what I had to shift was, I can still maintain my sense of alignment. I can listen to a person complaining, expressing pain, or talking about situations that they're going through, and I don't have to match them. I don't have to disconnect from my source. I, it doesn't mean that I have to be in pain with them. And what I learned from that is the greatest, most powerful thing that I can do is hold space for them by maintaining my alignment because I'm reminding them of their wholeness, I'm reminding them of their connection to source that maybe in that moment they don't feel it because they're in pain and they're in resistance, but I can listen to them and I can hold space, but it doesn't mean that I need to feel that pain with them and it doesn't mean I need to join them in that disconnection and in me holding my vibration and holding my own alignment. Because number one, I love myself, but because I love them, that's why I'm doing it. And when I look at it that, that way, I realize that supporting the person, not rescuing, rescuing them, is an act of love towards myself, but it's an act of love towards them. And if they need advice, if they want me to say something, 
whatever I choose to say in that moment comes from my alignment. It doesn't come from fear or me being disconnected in that realm of disconnection with them. Yeah. And so this alignment that you talk about, I mean, I can really hear from what you share, your your spiritual practice, your spiritual connection is the foundation of everything. I mean, it enables you to stay really true to yourself. It enables you to stay in that high vibration. It enables you to hold a space that others can rise to versus you having to drop down to theirs. It enables you to really love and respect and honor yourself. Can we just touch on, and for someone who's kind of new to this conversation and thinking, wow, this, this spiritual connection feels like something I really want to develop, um, either what's your, what's your practice? I mean, you're so established in it now, or where, where do people begin if they want to start to develop this relationship with their, with their spirit? I would say I like to keep things really, really simple, mm -hmm. um, right? In the spiritual world, there's so many terms and different things out there that can kind of compli complicate things. I just simply say this, when you're in alignment with you, with your heart, your soul, whatever label you want to give it, you feel good. You feel lighthearted. You feel a sense of ease and groundedness. You feel fully present and in the moment. You know, go with that and do things that support you staying in that space. It may mean meditation. You know, a meditation simply means to clear the mind. So either sitting and meditating, listening to a guided meditation, or doing something that brings you fully into the present moment and helps to keep your mind clear and brings you into a greater connection with yourself. Um, so for a beginner, I would say pay attention to what you're feeling, right? Your inner Buddha, your inner GPS system will always tell you if you're in alignment, if you're in alignment with you, you'll know it because you'll feel good from within. You'll feel a sense of, as I said before, peace, connection, ease, flow. Um, when you're out of alignment with yourself or you're doing something that's not, that's out of alignment for you or doesn't serve you, whether it's a conversation or hanging with a person or making a choice, it's going to pull you out of that space. There may be a sense of heaviness around it, a sense of depleting your energy um, a great sense of resistance, maybe fear and anxiety starts to come in. That's how you'll know. And the spiritual practice for me is simply understanding and having a way, some, a process that you have that supports your own alignment, that supports that space of ease. Like once you find it, then it's like, okay, great, now I found it. How can I support this? How, what choices can I make each day to grow in this and, and gain a strength in this. And for me, it's meditation. Um, you know, it's also having clear boundaries, which is something I had to learn to do on my own. And having boundaries that says, you know, this choice right here is going to pull me out of that space. And even though I love you, I love me more. And so I need to make a choice that supports me. And it doesn't mean I don't love you. It just means I need to be at integrity and with myself and with my own alignment. And that could be anything. I could have friends that want to go to an event or a club or go to a party and I will choose not to go. And I'll say, you know, this isn't something I want to do. I don't, I don't like the energy. It doesn't really serve me. But we can do these other things here because this is something that feels right to me and feels good. So um, boundaries 
and having a sense of um, you know something that you that you can do. I, I never like to try to put people into a box because it limits them, but something that you can do, whether it's meditation or something that really connects you to you again, connects you back to your heart, back to that heart space, and just maintaining that is a great place to start. Mm. And even having that inner awareness that you're talking about, I think that's even a really cool first step as well. Might even be something that people are even yet to practice, which is really paying attention to how everything is making you feel, which things feel uh, light and peaceful and enjoyable and which things feel heavy. And I, I think a lot of people who don't even yet have that connection are being driven by either not wanting to disappoint people or wanting to fit in or wanting to be loved or wanting to seem as a good person. Uh, and when that's driving you, you'll be disconnected from yourself and maybe doing a lot of things that are out of alignment. So even that's a beautiful uh, starting point to have the awareness of how is everything that I'm giving my energy to, how is that making me feel? Absolutely. Absolutely, Connie. And another thing that I'm sure your listeners will love is the more you step into that space of alignment or connection with your heart, it increases everything. Your sense of intuition increases. You start to develop different, um, I'll say, gifts and abilities that maybe you didn't notice before. Maybe your inner vision starts to develop your sense of empathy starts to grow. You're starting to pick up on different things intuitively that maybe you weren't picking up on before. And I just simply say it's just because now you're, clo- you're, you're, in, you're in a greater space of alignment mm-hmm. with your source, right? And when you're in a greater space of alignment with your source, then you're able to pick up on things that perhaps are not are out of alignment or you're able to sense things that are around you because you're connected to that one universal source that we're all part of. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it enhances everything. It enhances your choice making. You know, you're clear whenever you do need to make a choice. You, that clarity is there. So you tend to make choices that really serve you versus a choice that's made out of anxiety or maybe I should do this. Mm-hmm. Um, it really changes your entire life. And, it's, and it starts with one choice and then you you practice it every day and before you know it you know years later you've developed this way of living and being and um, I always like to say you know heart led instead or spirit led instead where before you do anything you say let me just check in really quickly okay that feels that resonates I'm gonna do that or no that doesn't resonate with me I'm not supposed to do that you know and it gets easier and easier to be in that space the more you practice it Mm, And so this creates then this alignment, not only with our heart, but with our spirit and with our higher guidance. So I think that really opens up that that channel and that connection. Uh, And so for people who are also wanting to take this to the next level and say, how do I access my higher guidance? How do I connect with my angels? How do I feel my spirit guides? You know, uh, where would someone begin with that? What would be a beginning practice to either be accessing the, the guidance of your angels or the guidance of your higher self? So I actually have two classes that I developed. And um, what the first thing I'll say is having tools that support you, right? Mm-hmm. So taking courses, books, um, watching videos online. I have mm-hmm. so many videos that I've done where I'm teaching people um, different things. But I've developed two courses. One is my angelic 
Communication 101 course. And this is a two-hour course that, I, that I've had and that I teach a lot where I'm talking about who are the angels, what do they want you to know, how do they communicate with us, how do you understand their signs, um, how do you learn to work with them, tips and exercises on how you can receive messages coming from your angels and, and so many more exercises and meditations on understanding who they are and what they want you to know. And um, I would start with, you know, something like that. If it resonates for, for your viewers, I have it. It's available on my website and you can download it. It's like a two-hour intensive course where I'm throwing in all the information and all the tools that I've learned um, in two hours. Mm. I also have another course for those people that are, you know, and empaths or sensitives and and i like to use that word loosely because i feel like if you have a body you know and you're a spirit and you're alive you're empathic because we all feel on different levels it's just about the level of awareness that we have about what we're feeling and this particular class is set up to help you to be able to understand what you're feeling what are the energies that you're picking up on how to um discern what's been affecting you that's yours versus someone else's. You know, a lot of people go through their day and they're being affected by energy that's not even theirs. Maybe they're angry, maybe they're frustrated, but it's something they picked up along the way or they picked up from a friend. So that course really dives into that and it gives people tools of empowerment. Both courses do to be able to, number one, understand how to communicate with their angels, um, understanding their intuition and how it works, understanding how to really feel and discern what's going on inside of their own energy, understanding how to release the energy, um, how to transmute the energy, how to bring in what it is that they need from source through different exercises, um, using colors and different tools. And I mean, there's so many things that I've included in both of these courses. I would highly recommend anyone, if it resonates for them, to um, you know go to my website, it's under Angel School Downloads, and it's something that they can um, purchase if they choose to. I would also look into books. Um, a book that I read early on in my path is um, How to Hear Your Angels by Doreen Virtue. Mm. It's a great book. Another book, I've never admitted this live on, on anyone's show, so I'm going to tell you this. There's a book that was given to me by a psychic years ago, and it's called Am I Really Too Sensitive? Mm. And it's a powerful book, and I'm trying to look for it as I'm speaking to you. <laughs> and um, the book is called Are You Really Too Sensitive? And it's by Marcy Calhoun. And this book was given to me years ago, like more than 10 years ago, but it's a powerful book to help you understand your sensitivity, to help you understand um, your intuition, mm -hmm. to help you understand your own inner GPS system. I, again, my whole thing is empowerment, empowerment, empowerment. I love being a medium and connecting people with their loved ones. I love being able to connect people with their angels, but I eventually don't want people to have to come back to me. I want to give them tools. I want to empower them so then they can move on in their path. 
And, you know, maybe if they do need a reading, maybe it's a once a year thing um, as opposed to maybe a once every few months thing or depending on what's going on in their life because it doesn't really serve them if I'm always giving them information but I haven't given them the tools mm -hmm. to be empowered so they can make these choices. So all these different things I've created, whether it's my videos or my classes online, to teach people how to do it for themselves because once you learn, right, once, you, once it's turned on, you never forget it. And once you get into that space of resonance and you really know what it feels like to truly be aligned with your soul and with your heart, you never forget it. So then it becomes easy to know when something's pulling you out of alignment because it doesn't feel how it should feel and what you're used to it feeling. Mm. Mm. That is so beautiful. It's so true that uh, that, that really is the beginning point is that connection and that alignment with yourself and then it becomes so easy to discern in life what is right for you and what isn't. Um, Savon, thank you so much for your time. This has been the most incredible conversation to, uh, for me personally, just to get to hear more about your story and, and everything that you practice in your own life. But there's been so many beautiful so much beautiful guidance here for people and, and particularly practices as well that people can take on board to, to really heal uh, all these things that are disconnecting them from, from living in alignment with their soul. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you. This was a blessing and a pleasure. And I just have to say too, I, like, I, I don't know if I ever told you, I lived in Australia for a year. Really? I did. I lived in Sydney. Um, <laughs> I stayed in Potts Point and I yeah. also lived in Paddington. Uh -huh. And I stayed a few months in Byron Bay. So I have to tell you, Australia is my second home. And if I could live there now, I would. There's so much magic and healing mm. that is there. And I used to do the Mind, Body, Spirit festivals and did a lot of healing work and readings. And my intention is to get back over there mm. um, and just doing workshops and teaching people everything that I know so they can be empowered. So maybe, you know, one day in the future, we might even do a workshop together. Who knows? <laughs> that would be amazing. Well, now you've got um, my beautiful community over here in Australia starting to learn more about your work. And it's really nice to spread your message over here because uh, you've supported me so much. And I love sharing things with my audience that I know, that I truly know will support them and, and sharing people that I know who are truly living this work not just talking about this work and I know that you are so thank you so much for being such a light uh, for me and for others as well thank you for this opportunity Connie many blessings to you and your listeners take care thank you thank you so much and thank you to everyone who's been tuned into this week's episode and I look forward to talking to you again next week bye <laughs>